Welcome to Small Business Lifeline, Crane's podcast to navigate the coronavirus crisis. My name is Christine Honeydare Bryan, and I am an editor with Crane Communications. I have been talking to a lot of you small business owners in the past few weeks about what mistakes you feel like you've made and what you've learned from your mistakes in the past few months. So today we're just going to take 10 minutes of your time to talk to a top executive with a Detroit accounting firm who's working with many small businesses like you on what they've learned. And we're then going to return to New York City and talk to a small business owner with national distribution about what the biggest things are she's learned and lessons she's taken from in the past few months. Sandy Schechter is a principal at the Detroit accounting firm Riemann, and she works with small businesses all over the country, particularly in the healthcare space, and she's been advising them closely in the last few months about what they've learned. Sandy, it's great to have you on our show. Thank you for having us. Tell us, what are some of the biggest lessons that one of your clients you mentioned learned about keeping people motivated? Well, she was a business owner that always thought people had to come into the office and so what she realizes is that now that they're working from home they'll, they'll have a morning huddle meeting and then she'll guide them to get out of the house walk around a little bit take 30 minutes off you know they've done some step challenges different things since they don't have a morning commute she's kind of encouraging them to use the great summer weather and get out of their um, houses or apartments and what kind of small business is that and what impact has that had on the employees She's an advertising and PR firm. It's had a great impact because employees used to think they had to get into the office or they had to work in this time space of eight to five, and now they have a lot of flexibility. They know that their employer trusts them to get the work done, and they've got this camaraderie, so they've been really happy with it. What have your small businesses learned about reassessing their space needs? Any examples you can have about how they're working with landlords, figuring out what they need, what they don't need? Yeah, the term I've heard is blend and extend. So I I think the first thing uh, my clients have learned is be upfront, communicate right away about what their needs are and if they need less space or more space or they just can't pay the lease right now, the best thing to do is communicate. But that same client, their lease was up and they don't need as much space. So they're looking at buying a building. She felt like she could have a better impact on her associates and use her space more appropriately if she bought a building. What about uh, breaking leases? Do you have clients that are just saying, in this market, I'm just going to break my lease and walk away from it? Yeah, we're not recommending that they break their lease and walk away from it. It's not great for their credit. They've, they've signed an obligation, so we suggest that they make sure that they're communicating with their landlord and looking at what they can do differently. Maybe the landlord has someone that wants that space and they can put someone in there, so don't be afraid to talk to the landlord. You never know what's going on on their end. Now, let's talk about what small businesses you're consulting in are learning about bringing people back. That's a good one, Christine. <laughs> it's been challenging, and what I've recommended to all of my clients um, and really our firm has recommended to our clients in general is first run your business. Look at it from that perspective. What do you need to do to run your business? Are you opened up? If you're a dental practice and you're not open, don't bring people back in right away. And as we found the 
PPP funds were extended. So now they have, they can slowly bring people in. They're bringing them in um, part-time, whether it be half a day a week, one, two days a week, whatever that is, they're slowly bringing their personnel back in and, and working through the, that process. What have you learned from these businesses? Are the ones who waited to bring in staff happier? Are they less happy because they've lost stuff? What have they really learned from, from this experience? Oh, we've all learned a lot, haven't we? But I think they've learned that they've got to be patient and they have to be flexible. I think those are the two things. And I, I think the third thing that they've learned is trusting trusting their, their gut and trusting what their associates are telling them, what their employees are telling them, which is often difficult because you want to get in there and you want to just do the work or you want to take care of your associates. And you've got to trust your gut. You've got to listen to your advisors. Um, and you got to take it slow. I think that's the best, this thing, best thing that everyone has learned is how can they take it slow? evaluate going forward and that that's a week at a time don't evaluate what it's going to look like in three months take it one week at a time bite off smaller chunks sandy Schechter, it's been wonderful having you on our show thank you thank you Ariane Dagan is CEO and founder of New York City area sustainable meat supplier D'Artagnan. Ariane has pivoted her business model from restaurant sales, which prior to the pandemic made up 75% of her business, to address the 500% increase in demand from retail and 83% from e-commerce. She has learned plenty from the past few months and is here to speak with us about what she has learned. Ariane, it's great to have you on our show. Thank you. Thank you, Christine. So please tell us, what did you learn about um, miscalculating how much product you needed through coronavirus? The whole focus is uh, is forecast. And so at the first two weeks, it was unbelievable the demand on beef and chicken because of the retail and the uh, e-commerce and the lack of uh, uh, demand on um, uh pork and lamb and duck and other things like squab, rabbit, quail. In our business, we must calculate months in advance what people will be eating so that the independent farmers raise enough product. And so because of that shift, we were totally wrong. Also, we are in the perishable business. We have to sell our products days, a couple of days maximum after we receive them. So with all the changes taking place, we made huge miscalculations on supply. We we had forecasted months ago, or sometimes even a year ago, for a, a regular spring. And also, we, we calculated wrong on the cuts, how as consumers, different cuts from restaurants. Restaurant chefs want the whole muscle, consumers want small steaks or restaurants want whole chickens, while consumers prefer to have a boneless, skinless breast. So we had to launch 55 new products immediately to apply to that new consumer uh, demand and, and package it differently for those new markets, uh, retail in particular. So the lesson learned there is that you cannot be totally secure in what you you believe in and you you have to be adaptable and to be totally willing to change. What mistakes have you watched competitors make and what have you learned from their experiences versus yours? I think the biggest thing is panicking. And I saw I saw some competitors panicking, laying off staff, 
selling product at a loss. And I, I, I knew this this couldn't happen to us. This would be the the kit of death. I'm in order not to panic. I just internalized more my stress, you know, and and I kept all my staff. We didn't lay off anybody, and we didn't sell products. I had a duty not to show panic to my team, and and my team has been extraordinary. We we. Our motto here is like all the musketeers, all for one, one for all. But also, I keep a picture in my office of a, a duck on the pond, perfectly calm on the top, above the water, and paddling like crazy underwater. And that's what we were all doing. Now it's amazing you were able to keep all your staff. What did you learn about redeploying workers and having them work differently? Given that. 75% of our business disappeared overnight on uh, March 14. All the restaurants, we redeploy all the employees and the resources, like uh, the delivery trucks to other areas or to different um, to consumers instead of restaurants. People from food service to uh, retail, picking and packing to different kind of cuts, insulation boxes instead of our regular boxes going in the refrigerator truck. And so we had to adapt to, to be able to let the retail and the e-commerce grow to compensate for the loss of the, the restaurant. We, we were really helped by this culture that we have and, and we swear by for the last 35 years. All for one, one for all. We're all in this together. It has been wonderful having you on our show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much, Christine. Thanks for listening to Small Business Lifeline. This has been Christine Honeydear Bryan with Crane Communications. Please subscribe to us on your favorite podcast networks. And if you have story tips, please email me at C-D-A-R-E-B-R-Y-A-N at C-R-A-I-N-S-N-E-W-Y-O-R-K.com. We'll be coming to you each week with more tips on how small businesses can keep going through this pandemic. Have a great week.